1: And today, I'm always pleased when I can have Christopher with me, because Christopher Papadopoulos, I have to say, you're one of my new faves, because I just, I loved your book, I love how simple you make things, I'm kind of excited about talking about today, just because it brings up some stuff that um, that is important to me, but, you know, it. I just, I really, really, really adore, you know, talking to you, and hearing how you... Uh, bring things together because I find that your simplistic approach and you know it really it really gets to the heart of what I want to talk about so so a few things happened in the last couple weeks and um, so I wanted to talk about that and bear with me but welcome to the show Christopher.
0: (laughs) Hi Laurie it's always good to hear from you and hello everyone listening today.
1: Awesome. So okay, so a couple weeks ago, Wayne Dyer passed away. Yes. And of course, everybody is putting up his shows and stuff. So I want to talk about a quote that I really, really liked. And I know it kind of goes in with the story thing. And I really think that that's important. And I know we've talked about it. But it's it's just such an important piece that I really want people to understand and get. Okay, but prior to that so a few years ago Debbie Ford passed away and for whatever reason that one I don't I don't know that it triggered me but it you know Debbie Ford was the queen of working through our shadow stuff and you know I think I think you will give a good spin on it but I mean Obviously, some of the shadow work requires analysis and really getting into your thinking mind so that you, you know, that you really understand it. And maybe that's not the point. But the reason it bothered me was, you know, we do all of this work and we think we're doing all of this work so that those things, maybe those exit points that we set up for ourselves or whatever it is that they would... I don't know, go away, like that we're doing this work because we're healing ourselves and we're trying to make this big difference in our lives as well as in the lives of others. And, you know, her work was, has been instrumental in many, many people's path work. And, you know, lots of, I mean, I know lots of people that have done this work and, you know, they're, three-time survivors of cancer and you know because they do this work and I always thought that that was the goal like that we're supposed to you know free ourselves of these fears we're supposed to free ourselves or come to a place of acceptance of you know all of this work that we're here to do and I know I keep saying work and maybe that brings in too much of the thinking mind but you know we're very analytical people and we, you know, up until, I don't know, up until a few years ago, I thought psychology and, you know, the work that I kind of understood and went to school for, that that was all really important and understanding. And I've never really liked psychiatrists because they tend to, you know, you tend to be in therapy for the rest of your life instead of, you know, really helping you see it from a deeper picture. But when I started you know, doing some of this work and really understanding it from, I don't know, that deeper picture. And, and then it brings me to the point, like, do we, do we all have a destiny? Or is it about choices? Because I know that Debbie Ford walked her talk. And, you know, when she. The second time when she got cancer, I mean, she was so adamant she was going to beat it. And then by near the end, she got, she was just so exhausted. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what her life plan is. And it's none of my business. And it's none of my business about Wayne Dyer as well. But there's just this piece of me. It's like, isn't this what we're supposed to want to move towards like aren't we supposed to be wanting to get rid of and understanding our fears or as in your case is it all about just being present right now at this moment not worrying about you know that that serenity uh, peace prayer where you know know the things you can change know what you can't change and 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 be okay with it like come to that place of acceptance and stop worrying about it and stop worrying about doing the work and just be present now. And I know that that was a long introduction, but I wanted just to sort of play with that today and then his quote. And we'll get to that after we discuss this.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> you touched on some very important things there, Lori. Um, it's very difficult to let go of the fears when in fact it's this uh, mind that we identify with that is the constant fear producer. Um, so we want to be in a place where we can let go and accept things and let go of our shadow I let go of our fears. But as long as that voice in the head, as long as that software keeps dominating our lives, it will keep reoccurring uh, again and again. It may with Practice with mindfulness, with more presence and more self-awareness. Reduce the power of that voice. Reduce those fears to some degree. Um, but we, we, the one, who, the one who is trying to let go, is still this egoic character, and that character can never fully let go because that character itself is the impediment to our letting go. Um, so. Uh, we can have the intention of moving in the direction of letting go uh, of our fears, our shadow, our suffering, but we have to know that in the end uh, it is this voice that we identify with, um, this mind-made me, our, uh, the thoughts and emotions and behavior patterns that, with which we identify um, that will keep bringing these same issues up again and again ultimately because that's what it does, that's what it's designed to do. And it needs to feed on those things in order to perpetuate itself. So we can never really get rid of all of these things. Uh, We can only be presence and peace and acceptance by entering the present moment. This quiets the mind. And when the mind gets quiet, all of these stories, all of these wants and desires also fade. Our fears fade and the shadow side fades as well. And acceptance becomes not something we have to work at. It's simply a natural state of being. We're simply accepting the here and now, however it presents itself.
1: Okay. So that's really, that's the most important thing to do then, is just to let go of all of the other stuff and just to focus in on our body. I mean, I know it's none of our business, and And quite frankly, we will never know what other people's journey is all about because it's their journey. And even though (laughs) we like to think that we, you know, we have insight and sometimes we do have insight, it's it really it really doesn't matter. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes. Um, What we can do is is shift also our perspective of what we're doing when we're working towards letting go of something and working towards healing ourselves. Uh, The root word for healing and wholeness are the same. So from our perspective, it appears we are working towards healing something, working towards letting go. What we are doing is getting more and more comfortable with simply allowing things to be as they are. We're getting more and more comfortable um, with uh, letting go and simply being who we are uh, without trying to manipulate anything. And so it, so from one perspective, yes, we're working hard to do something, but ultimately uh, our work is not going to produce uh, an object. It's not going to produce a, um, just a quantifiable result. What it really is, is we're working to trust life enough to let go. So it appears like we're working and moving forward in a certain way. Um, from a certain perspective, but really, what we're doing is we're learning to unclench. Uh, what we're doing is just to relax and relax into uh, into being, simply being who we are. That's really uh, what we're doing. And as opposed, and, and, and in terms of um, these other teachers that have gone, it is um, sad for, for many of us who have you know, learned so much from these wonderful teachers, and we don't know what their path. Uh, is, but uh, we do know what their main messages are, and, and they've given the same messages in a thousand different ways, and each way unique for each person because we never know what particular message will reach a particular person in a certain way, the way one uh, song will, will reach a person, and yet another person is moved by another rhythm or another song. So we appreciate with gratitude those teachers that have come along and helped us uh, and have brought such wonderful, uh, you know guidance and support in our lives, uh, but know that the, the source of the message is the same regardless of the person who is giving it the ultimate essence of that message is essentially the same.
1: So, I mean, obviously, we're all on this journey together. We, in some sense, are all one. And yes, the message the messages are and can be very different, which just means that there's a wide variety of people that can be impacted by it. I mean, the messages at the core are still pretty much always the same, but it's it's because if a hundred different people saw something there may be a hundred different variations of it because of our own experiences and our own stuff so if one person presents it in one way and another person presents it in another way it's just so that we can entertain all the people that we were supposed to reach is that kind of what you're saying
0: yes that's one way of looking at it um And human beings, we are drawn to novelty. Uh, It gets our attention. And that's what all of these things, the different teachings, the different ways are presented, the different voices expressing these things, the different techniques we use and rituals we use to help ourselves. Um, We are drawn towards novelty. And one of the reasons is we need novelty because it gets our attention. Otherwise, we stay lost in our, our, our thought patterns and our repetitive patterns. And we we don't prick up our ears enough and, and attend to what a particular message is and we stay lost uh, in our own patterns. And when something is new, when something is different, it gets our attention. And when it, something can hold our attention long enough, we can hold our attention long enough to intend to focus on whatever that message is, where that message is pointing, not just the words in the message, but beyond the words. So it's pointing back, <laughs> pardon me, into ourselves so we can have our own direct experience of what all of these messages are pointing toward because we get lost in the words and sometimes in the beauty of the words um, they get our attention but then we get fixated on the words and not where the words are pointing and all of the in essence all of the words are pointing back to you back to your essence and encouraging you to have your own direct experience of what those messages are trying to share and that is the most important thing.
1: And in saying what you're saying, it it can become a distraction because we are focusing on the wrong parts. And, and it's just as much of taking us out of where we need to go because it gets us into our thinking head sometimes instead of into our body where we're feeling.
0: Absolutely. And... And we can't help it because the thinking mind, which dominates us and pretends to be who we are, we are not. We are the spacious awareness behind our thoughts and emotions and behaviors. But since we identify on this planet, most of us with our thinking mind, we are so consumed with words and, and thoughts. And so that's, we, that's generally often where we keep our level of attention and level of awareness, and we never go deeper to where the words are pointing or not often enough. And that is precisely why I wrote the book that I wrote, *Peace and Where to Find It*, because at first, when I, <clears throat> when this book was sort of coming to me, I was I would wake up in the mornings and look out this lovely bay window onto a yard with beautiful pine trees and their animals eating food, and uh, I I couldn't type it out. I I just put on one of those speech to text uh, software headphones and started talking the book, and I was inspired. Uh, by something very deep inside. But periodically during those months that I wrote the book, um, there was a feeling of, oh, Chris, is this really necessary? There are so many great teachers out there. These things have been said in so many different ways. And why now, why this? And the message would would invariably come back to me. This is exactly what people need, right, right time, right place. This is exactly what people need to hear right now. They've heard maybe this message in different ways before. But they need to hear it in this particular way. It's like this particular tune, this particular song, and it's going to reach um, people on that basis. And, of course, the main message of the book is, again, is go beyond the words of presence and go beyond the words of peace and discover that within we are peace itself. Go within your body and feel the aliveness there. Go beyond the concepts and the virtual realm of mind. Go into your body to have your own direct experience of divine transcendent peace and your own true essential nature.
1: So it's kind of like, I mean, both Wayne Dyer and Debbie Ford, I mean, they're kind of, their work, while Debbie Ford may have been less um, for the masses, but certainly Wayne Dyer has been, you know, to bring, I don't know, people that may not have necessarily ever been there to get into it and Debbie Ford I I think she although her work was very deep and very profound probably affected more people that wanted to overcome cancer like there was there I mean it's like each person had their own journey Um, certainly this is kind of the masses your work I hope <laughs> becomes part of the masses because it's it's again it's this simple approach and that's why I really adore having you on the show and why I really want to promote what you do because it really is um, it really is something that is unique and simple and something that everybody can do and I believe Eckhart Tolle you know he sort of You sort of talked about some of the stuff that you do about getting into the body, but never, never the extent that you did. And I really, you know, this is why I really appreciate, you know, your book and the work and why I want you on the show, Um, just because it's so, it is a simple way. And, and maybe because I've been doing energy work for so long. I mean, it's really simple for me to feel energy and to feel my body and, you know, it's easy for me and yet you make it easy, I think, for anybody. So, I mean, it's a nice piece and I, I wish more people understood that that's what we need to do. Like it's, you know, we get caught up in these stories um, and and we, we tend to, you know, analyze and overanalyze and want to heal and... And like you, I think I've come to realize that it's not about healing. I mean, it is, but it's more about the acceptance aspect of it. Because some of our core issues or beliefs or fears, they stay a core fear until you can get to a place of acceptance around it. So that until you can get to that place where... It no longer triggers you because you understand it and are not, it's no longer a fear. It's just part of the lesson you came here to learn, or it's just part of the story that you keep elaborating on that you want to shift or change or accept.
0: Yes, it, it's it's very powerful when we can learn to truly accept and to truly accept uh, anything ultimately is to be deeply present in the here and now because ultimately, uh, we're not just it's not just about accepting ideas and feeling, feelings in our body or ideas in our mind. Because in the end, since our body is always here in the moment, if we are lost in thought, we are essentially saying no to the here and now, and we're not accepting the here and now, so we're not accepting our bodies. So, any other acceptance or non acceptance is actually less important. We've got to start at the base, and the base is here and now. Are we saying yes to this moment? Are we accepting this moment just as it is, good or bad, right or wrong? Are we at peace? Are we at rest in this moment uh, with our bodies here and now, whatever's happening without judgment? That is the beginning of a deeper presence, and that is the ultimate purpose of all acceptance. And then what happens is the mind quiets down, and it becomes so much easier to accept our worries and concerns and desires and other things in our life that we imagine because the mind becomes quite quiet and we realize we don't have to do much accepting of those things anymore because they quietly disappear and we, we and we see through the veil and realize these stories just simply come and go and and we have control over making those stories just disappear when we want by entering the present moment
1: yeah and it's it's like I lost my thought, but it's like we, we get caught up in the process or what we think we have to do to change it. And then we start manipulating it and then we get back into our thinking mind. And it's like, it's this ever growing cycle, but when you can just be and accept and allow, it's, it's much more effortless but when we get caught up it it feels i guess like abraham sort of talks about us walking upstream instead of just letting it flow it's like we're we're in a reaction mode we're in a you know an analytical how can i change this how can i fix this how can i heal this and and things happen that's what i wanted to say things happen just like for you you know you had a bout of appendicitis i mean things happen it's how we respond to those things it's whether we can just be in that moment and say you know and not necessarily react so that it can be simplistic so that it can you know it so that we can I guess that acceptance thing because you know people will pass whether that's you know whether that's divine guide like whether that's their divine plan, whether that's, you know, whether there's destiny, whether I mean, we get caught up in all of these phrases, we get caught up in trying to figure things out. And that's when we're not living, like that's when we're not present. That's when we, you know, we're, we're too, we're trying to understand, trying to change, trying to fix, we're just always in this process instead of just allowing.
0: Yes, and, and, and in the end, that's what good little minds do, and that's why we can't be too hard on the mind or okay. with, with students who, who who pursue a deeper spiritual path and they become aware of this voice in their head that they identify with, which we can call the ego, and <clears throat> we get angry at the ego. Oh, my ego has fooled me again. How do I get rid of my ego? And um, <clears throat> we have to acknowledge, I just understand that as long as we're identified with this voice in the head, it will be a compulsive Thing to constantly all day get lost in the virtual realm of thought, lost in the, in the abstract conceptual realm. Um, sometimes, of course, we need the mind from get, to get from point A to point, B to point B to plan things and organize things. But, um, and so this is what good little minds do. They, they, they try to fix, they try to repair, it tries to understand, it tries to look for meaning. It is a meaning creator. That's what the mind is trying to do and make, you know, um, find meaning in any tragic event like a death or 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 uh, an illness, or even you know a happy event. It, it's looking to create stories, looking to create meaning. And we can accept that and, and simply understand that that's what good little minds do. Um, the thing is these things don't have to dominate our lives. If we learn how to come to rest in our natural state, which is a state of presence, of simply being in the hearing now, the mind switches off. The mind gets quiet, and we realize we are not the meaning maker. We are not the fixer, the repairer, the, the one that's trying to understand all the time, incessantly reflecting, analyzing, opining. We are the spacious, peaceful, intelligent awareness that is behind that, and we can rest in that most of the day. And then when we need to, we can pick up the meaning maker. We can pick up this thinking mind and study and analyze things for a little while, and then we put it down, and then we pick it up again, and then we put it down again. And then we're not so overly consumed uh, by searching for meaning, by searching for understanding, by searching for trying to f- trying to fix things and repair things, and uh, and just and, and analyze things to the point where <laughs> it creates a lot of suffering in our lives.
1: Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of people when they hear this, they get they get angry because then they think, well, then you know what good is the mind but the mind in its purest form it can be incredibly creative and we're not saying not to use your mind and we're not saying don't ever analyze things it's just there it can be so much more powerful if we're in the present moment and wanting to access than you know when we're Either stuck in the past, trying to fix something, or worrying about the future, um, and and then the mind is 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 in the driver's seat.
0: Yes, and, and the the truth is that we like to think, uh, you know, well, I know I'm going to use my mind. I make good use of my mind. The truth is, is the further we become uh, comfortable with self awareness, with body awareness, with learning to enter the present moment, we become very aware that we don't use our minds, for the most part, our mind is using us. Um, For those that do uh, silent retreats or try to even spend one day without speaking, pardon me, um, you will discover very quickly that the mind is just this powerful ocean um, of waves of just constant, incessant thought that's always pulling you and pulling you and, 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 and dragging you round and um, taking up all of your attention and it's hard to stop. Uh, And then we come to realize uh, that really the mind really is using us more than we use the mind. We're not using it half as efficiently, a fraction as efficiently as we could if we learn how to put down our mind, put down our thoughts during the day uh, frequently and come to rest in the moment. And then what happens is a deeper intelligence, a divine source-filled intelligence, the intelligence that created the brain the intelligence that created the universe and all the beautiful creative things in it um, can inform your thinking, enter your mind, inform your thinking, and then create uh, practical and uh, and, uh, efficient solutions uh, and bring forth uh, wonderful ideas for any situation. And that is a very efficient and practical use of the mind. And it is something that currently on the planet we are not doing.
1: Yeah, that's that's nicely said because I think people can understand that from that perspective that you know it could be so much more powerful. Yeah. That's that's a nice way of putting it. Hmm. Okay. So now I'm going to get to the second part of what I wanted to talk about and yeah, we're going to go back into the story thing a little bit because that's what it's about, but I just the shift came out or they were offering the shift because of Wayne Dyer passing and wanting people to, you know, watch his movie and and see it. So I watched it. I I, I mean, I really liked it. I mean, there was a lot in there that I already kind of connected with. But I really liked one quote that he said. And he talked, I mean, this kind of goes with what I have issues with around the law of attraction. Basically, the point he was making was, Um, You don't attract what you want, you attract who you are. And so because we have these stories, this is where we're attracting from. We have all of these stories that are our beliefs and our fears and our ego attached to it. And He's not referring to who we are from an essence place or a soul place or, well, we would if that's where we were at. But in most cases, who we are is connected to the story and we kind of, you know, the law of attraction has been around and I, I really think that the movie The Secret kind of, um, it kind of made it. Mm, there's just so much that it missed out, and it it became all about greed, and it it really um, connected with a lot of people who you know their biggest goals were about making money or buying property or you know all of these very much you know financial successes. Or you know one of the stories in there was you know somebody who wanted a relationship and was in like several of relationships. So it it kind of showed maybe not to a lot of people, but it kind of showed the darker side of what it can be used for. And, and it really missed out on the point that Wayne Dyer was making in that, you know, we're not going to track necessarily what we want. A lot of times we track what we need. um, But it comes from a place of where you are right now, who you are in this moment. And if you're you know, if you're in a story, like if you are building and creating and just adding to the story, this is where we kind of have a bit of a a problem because we are, you know, this is where we're creating from instead of where we're wanting to be. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, yes. And um, this is the <clears throat> the power of of body awareness, what I call felt inquiry, because often we we think about, uh, in the spiritual path, something called self-inquiry, asking about who am I and, and who am I really. It really begins with a felt inquiry. We go into our bodies and we feel an aliveness there, an intelligence there. Uh, this quiets the mind and then it begins to dawn on us through our own direct experience who we really are and what we are not. And then we can begin, you know, some kind of an intellectual exercise of uh, based on direct observation uh, that we've, had, we've experienced inside, um, okay, well, these thoughts seem to be recurring more than those thoughts. I seem to be drawn to the label of teacher or healer, or I'm drawn to the, to the label of father or mother or um, whatever role you play in society. And you begin to notice which roles and which labels you feel much more stuck and attached to than other labels um, abandoned, needy, fearful, um, afraid, angry, resentful, um, hopeful, you know, virtuous. It could be positive or negative. Um, it could be a particular, you know, career, uh, role, like, you know, a, a worker, like I said, teacher, uh, lawyer, it could be whatever it is that we strongly identify with in our lives, uh, or a parental role, even, uh. What I call it if you put a would you put a capital letter in front of that label or 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 a lowercase letter uh to reflect just how attached you are um to a particular label like for me, the word chris or christopher it's lowercase c uh even even the words you know teacher or spiritual teacher um there's no capital letters there i, I just don't feel puffed up with this big role it simply is uh you know a way for others to define. What I do, so there's a, you know there's a common means of communicating to others what I do, but I don't feel this as an identity within me. Um, so I don't have an attachment to these names and roles, uh, and so these aren't things I identify with. So these aren't things that I'm attracting in my life based on these superficial identities. And these are things that we can all do. Uh, when we begin the process of felt inquiry um, and deeper body awareness that takes us beyond. Uh, our sense of self and our heads, and then we begin to notice the different thinking patterns and the different roles and labels that we are attached to, and we come to realize, based on what you're saying in Wayne Dyer's uh, quote as well, well, I'm really drawn to this label in life. I have trouble letting go of, of that notion of me. I really feel strongly attached to that notion. And then when you begin to make a small list in your head of those things that you're strongly attached to, you might notice that you're also uh, attracting certain kinds of lessons uh, and certain kinds of energies in your life based on whatever whatever it is you are currently strongly attached to, whatever role.
1: Right. Okay. Which, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's that's where we get really confused, right? We That's where we... And a lot of people don't want to let go of that. Like, that's that thing that we kind of you know don't appreciate or don't see that we can change because we have so much history and experience in seeing that this is how our life happens like this is what happens to us this is this is part of us, I mean, playing that victim game like this, we it it becomes hard for people to see outside that box to see the unlimitlessness that is possible because, you know, th- there's this, uh, I don't want to say doom, but there's this, you know, glass half empty thing where we, you know, but this, you know, things will go well and then this will happen and, and we get caught up in that peace because we keep seeing it happen over and over again and that's why people get so frustrated with the law of attraction and the who we are bit that we that we think that that is who we are like we are so convinced because we have so much I guess attachment even though it's a negative attachment but we have so much built into this identity that this is who we are so therefore you know everything happens in the same kind of sequence and it will always happen and we just this is where we kind of get caught up like we really kind of miss some of the most important bits because we are so adamant that this is what happens
0: yes the ego makes us feel so small and so separate and so unfulfilled, because the definition of fulfillment is is wholeness, it's really knowing ourselves to be one, and this is the source of fulfillment, and the ego can never, with all of its wants and desires, this me with all and my this me and my story character with all of its wants and desires will can only is condemned to seek the world of form around us the people, places, objects, events, thoughts, ideas emotions, whatever it is, it sensations the world of form, uh, because this me and my story character is a form as well. And it is condemned, so to speak, to seek out in the rest of the, the realm of form, the rest of the world of, of, of form, to fulfill itself with more experiences and objects and satisfying things to fill itself up, to attempt to achieve fulfillment, but it never can because this little fragment that we believe we are um, is not who we are, and it is by definition uh, that which impedes our experience of deep fulfillment. And so we, we continually look <coughs> for inspiring words and teachings and paths and, and even just sensations and experiences and, and objects to purchase and consume anything to try and um, attract You know, whatever it is we want and desire in the hopes of this will finally fulfill us. And none of these things will ever fulfill us permanently, only for a brief moment after having uh, uh, consumed it or possessed it. Uh, And then very quickly thereafter, we once again uh, return to our feeling of dissatisfaction and lack of wholeness. Because as long as we identify with this little mean my story character uh, in the head... Uh, it will constantly be uh, searching for more and more things to complete itself. But it is, by definition, incompleteness. Um, it is, um, by definition, not who we are. And so this deeper craving for, for wanting more is actually also partly a signal from life, trying to say, you are wholeness already, and there's no need to be seeking in the world of form all of these objects and experiences and events Uh, to fill yourself up. What you need to do is let go of those things and a natural sense of wholeness and fulfillment will uh, reemerge.
1: But we're always seeking that quick fix. Like we're always, one, we're always thinking that the answer is outside of ourselves, like that somebody else has the answer. Somebody else will, you know, give us that piece that we're missing because it's, it's like, I guess that's the ego aspect where, you know, it can't possibly be as simple as finding it within us. I mean, it has to be something outside that we're missing, that we're forgetting. And we spend, you know, so much time looking for that quick fix. Uh, what's ironic is that it's much simpler, maybe not easy, but it's much simpler um to go about it the way you 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 know you invite us to um then then what we do to ourselves
0: <laughs> yes exactly and again this this what i call egoic filter it's like putting on a pair of colored glasses uh like like uh, you know blue you know blue tinted glasses and then you're arguing with the person that it that no, the world is not tinted blue, and the person wearing the tinted glasses saying no, it's, everything is blue. Right. Um, this is the type of filter that um, this egoic condition puts over us. We can't help but perceive uh, other, all other things around us as separate and not connected. Um, um, but also as, uh, but we also perceive these other forms not only as separate but as things that. Uh, we believe can somehow fill us up Um, and so we keep looking outside of ourselves because this incessant voice in the head also dulls our awareness of this vibrant essence divine essence within it's only when the mind quiets down we begin to re-experience this powerfully compassionate peaceful vibrant nature and in that moment you experience it you also realize it has always been here Your true essence, your peace-filled, compassionate, intelligent nature, divine, beyond anything that the mind can think of and imagine, has always been here, waiting for you simply to notice it. And it's in no hurry and no rush. It will always wait for you, but preferably you will discover it sooner than later, because that means less suffering in your life.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but I'm going to put you on the spot again, like I tend to do. (laughs) And if you, if you're not feeling up to it, (coughs) say, say, we can end it here. But if you are feeling up to it, would you like to um, guide us into a meditation to sort of uh, assist with this process of, I don't know, understanding or, you know, a way to sort of, get us out of that place so that we can, you know, finally, you know, have something that allows us to come back to presence, come back to now, come, you know, and I know you do it in your book, but I love how your guided meditations are uh, very powerful.
0: We'll see what we can come up with.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so It's been a wonderful just speaking with everyone today. And it is a wonderful opportunity to honor uh, all of the teachers out there in the world who are uh, sharing the message of awakening to our true nature, those that are still here and those who have recently passed. and We can simply rest into our seats, allowing them the mattress or the floor or the chair to take all of our weight and honor all of those who have been trying to support us and show us the way back home to our true nature. All of these people who have come and gone and will continue to come and go, are you. They are life itself, just as you are life itself. And it's simply in a unique package, unique expressions of the one life that we all are. as you allow yourself to sink deeper into the mattress floor or chair you are resting upon, let it take all of your weight. Allow your muscles to unclench. Because clenched tight muscles add active fuel for the mind to keep chattering. And it is this chattering mind that prevents you from experiencing your true nature a deep, vibrant, intelligent, eternal peacefulness. And just as all of those other teachers who have come and gone, and those that are still with us, life is also expressing through me right now. Life will use books art, nature, anything to keep transmitting its primary message to you. It is time to wake up now. You have suffered enough. Suffering is a great lesson that we all need to help us grow. But you have suffered enough. It is time to wake up now. You are ready. And life knows that all you have to do is feel your body. You don't have to do brain surgery or climb a mountain. Simply have to come home to your original geography, your primary landscape, your own body. No one else can feel your body for you. That is why it is so precious as a healing tool, as a path to awakening. And it is as simple as beginning by feeling the temperature of your breath. Can you feel the coolness of the air in your nostrils, throat, and upper lungs as you inhale? Can you feel the slightly warmer air in your lungs, throat, and nose as you exhale? We allow the object we are sitting upon to take all of our weight. We sink into the place we are resting. We notice that our jaw is unclenched. Our shoulders are down. Our diaphragm solar plexus area is relaxed. Our toes, hands and thighs and ankles are uncrossed and relaxed. This is acceptance. This is surrender to the present moment. When we let go of unnecessary tension. We are saying yes to the here and now. We are saying yes to our bodies. Just as they are. Then we take another deep breath through the nose. Expanding. Our abdomen below the navel a nice full deep breath and we feel the coolness on the inhale and the warmer air on the exhale can notice our feet, simply feeling that they are here in the room with you. Feel the aliveness within your feet. The mind will try and help you with a picture of your feet. That's okay, that's what good little minds do. But now we drop out of our thoughts and go into our bodies for the direct experience of the sensations of our body. This will quiet the mind and reveal the presence and peace that you are. If you have trouble feeling your feet, you can twitch the muscles or rub them together to help you locate your feet and focus your attention upon your feet. And when you are ready, you can move up your body to your shins and your calves and see if you can feel the vibrant aliveness that is always there waiting to be felt. Once again, we move up to the knees and the back of the knees and the thighs. Can you feel your thighs? They're there in the room where you are right now. Drop out of your thoughts and into your body and feel your own body because no one else can do it for you. you need to twitch the muscles in your thighs or your calves, that's okay. Eventually you won't have to, and you'll be able to feel a vibrant, tingling aliveness even while you're walking around during your busy day. And this vibrant aliveness, which is connected to your deepest nature, will act as an anchor for you in the present moment. And also make you feel less prone to reacting to what's happening around you. So we develop our presence power by deepening our body awareness. Can you feel your pelvis right now? without judgment, without opinions, simply feel the aliveness, simply feel that it is here, now, with you, as it always has been, waiting for you to notice it. That is all. And now from your hip bones down to your toes, can you feel your entire lower body? And notice the deeper your attention is on the felt sensations of your body, your lower body in this case, how much more quiet your mind is than normal. This is because your body is always here in the present moment. And when you finally attend to the body, you are attending to the present moment. How about your back? Can you feel your back right now? Perhaps you can simply feel what your back is in contact with. That is a good start. And all of this time you've been concentrating on lower body parts. You've also had the opportunity to feel the rising and falling of your abdomen with every breath. Can you do that now? Through all the painful moments and joyous moments and dull, boring moments, you've had the capacity to feel the rise and fall of your abdomen. If you had only known at those moments of your life that by tuning in, turning your attention toward and tuning in to the rising and falling of your abdomen was just as important, if not more important, than any of those other events of your life, your life could have been less painful, more awake. But we will not focus on what could or should have been because no matter how many thousands of times we forget, we can always do it right now. Start anew, fresh. Feel the aliveness in your abdomen and your back as you take a breath. You may notice it is easier to breathe right through into your heart area now as well. You may also notice that since there's a deep connection between your feet and your hands, if you can feel an aliveness in your feet, you can also feel an aliveness in your hands.
1: What do you do when you feel pain?
0: When you feel pain, you can take a moment and place your attention on that pain, but without building a story around it or looking for the reason for that pain, When you attend to the pain for a moment, your attention creates space around that pain and will help to dissipate that pain to some degree. If the pain begins to feel a little overwhelming, you can turn your attention to the peripheries of your body, like the back of your knees, your feet, your hands, and place your attention on the aliveness that is there. And of course, the more we practice this, the easier it will be to feel the peripheries of your body and keep your attention there. And then after a few moments, you can turn your attention back to the painful area and observe if it's moving. Is it dull or sharp? Is it moving diagonally or in circles? That's the limit to which we can observe it. But we do not give it labels like betrayal, abandonment, or any other harsh terminology, because these then pull us into the mind. And we can periodically go from the pain in the body to the peripheries of our body until we feel safe and comfortable to return to the core of the trauma and notice it dissipating. And after a while, we can continue by feeling the different parts of the body and then return to the painful area And we'll notice over time the pain will lessen and gradually release. Knowing that some of these pains have been there repressed for a long time. And only now because we are finally allowing ourselves, trusting ourselves to feel the body and to feel safe in our bodies. Some of this pain can finally release as it should have released a long time ago. And now we can do it. We can always start now. There's always now to begin. And so you can take solace and comfort in the fact you are releasing pain that was previously unobserved, unacknowledged, and unreleased. And if you're feeling pain during this process, and it's beginning to dissipate, and you feel comfortable and safe with letting it go for a little bit, you can continue moving your attention up your body to your face and your neck and the back of your head, to the different parts of your your jaw, your eyes, your lips, your tongue, your nose, the crown of your head, and see if you can feel the aliveness there as well. And eventually you'll be able to feel your body not as a bunch of individual parts, but as one vibrant energy field of aliveness with a little pain or maybe without pain but you will feel reassured and comforted by the fact you are so much more than your stories so much more than a limited version of me and so much more than the pain that is inevitably ours in our lives that comes and goes Can you feel your entire body now as one energy field of aliveness? And rest in that feeling. And not be afraid if you feel anything else. Are you holding your breath or are you breathing fully and deeply? Feeling the coolness on a deep inhale and the warmth on a nice relaxed exhale. When you become comfortable with feeling this energy field of aliveness in your body It's simply the sensation of being alive. You will notice that sometimes it feels very expansive, larger than your body, and this helps reassure us that we are larger than our little physical bodies, and that we are deeply connected energetically to all things. This feeling, this energy also is very healing to the body. By simply tuning in and giving our attention to this energy field, we are rearranging things, so to speak, on the physical level. We are hastening our healing. We are boosting our immune system. We are healing past pains and past transgressions as well all by being vibrantly alive in the present moment, all by basking in this wonderful energy field of aliveness that we are. The healing is automatic. The, re- the repairs are automatic. There's nothing we have to do. Simply bask in this vibrant aliveness that we are, completely surrendered to the here and now. Life enters healing mode, automatically, when we are no longer preventing it by posing as being the separate small selves of the mean, my story character in our heads. This is the essence of liberation and freedom and letting go. This is the essence of healing, physical, emotional, mental and spiritual healing and wholeness. This is the power we always have but we never use. And now you know the authority of your own experience, not because of what someone else tells you to believe. Now you know through your own direct experience how vast you are, how much power you have over your life and the capacity to influence, connect with and heal others as well. The more you do this, the stronger you will feel, the more comforted and reassured you will feel. the more present you will become and the less attached you will be to the fearful stories of lack and want and hurt that our minds constantly churn out on a daily basis. And before I bring you back fully, take one more moment to fully feel as much as possible your entire body, tingling with aliveness. These sensations are always there, waiting for you to notice them. But our chattering minds dull our awareness of our own bodies, block our awareness of our transcendently peaceful, eternal nature. See now if you can open your eyes, And maybe you're looking at the ceiling or looking in front of you. Can you open your eyes and look in front of you while still feeling your body? This takes practice. See if you can keep your attention on the aliveness in your body even with your eyes looking around. Notice how our eyes opened looking around pull us back into the realm of the mind, into the labeling and assessing and analyzing what's going on around us and pulls us away from the, the vibrant attention of our bodies, the vibrant aliveness of our bodies That's all, that is always there. I point this out, my friends, because eventually you will be able to have your eyes opened Standing up, walking around while feeling this vibrant aliveness at the same time. This is the essence of living your life as a meditation. Living your life with presence. That comes with practice. But we begin by simply opening our eyes and looking around again. Reconnecting with the room a bit. But also trying to keep Some of our attention is still on the body. And maybe you wiggle your arms and your fingers and your toes right now. Bring yourself back. Although hopefully you haven't drifted off too far into the abstract realm. You've been able to stay with the here and now of your body. as you bring your attention back to the room around you, see if you can keep some of your awareness for the rest of the day on this feeling of aliveness inside the body. This alone can transform your life.
1: Hmm. Very powerful, Christopher. Um, I am always grateful and I'm so glad that I asked you and I'm so glad that you joined us, even though you're a little, a little not under the wet or a little under the weather that, uh, yet you still created a peaceful and beautiful place for us all to, uh, experience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to news for the heart. I've had Christopher Papadopoulos, um, is there a website that they can reach you from, or is it just I can't remember?
0: Um, yes, uh, <laughs> it, it's URPeace.org. dot org. Okay, perfect. And this uh, and, and email the the website is uh, is going to be changed around and 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 uh, and snazzed up for the for the book launch coming yeah, in a month or two. Up soon, yeah. So it's very so right now it's a very basic placeholder website, but uh, I can be reached. Uh, uh, through email um, on urps.org, and eventually I'll be uh, I'm, I'm on at urps on Twitter, and so I'm I'm beginning all of the social media things as well.
1: Awesome.
0: And Facebook as well.
1: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank
0: you, Laurie, and thank you to everyone listening. I hope it was beneficial.
1: Absolutely. All right. So we'll be back with you next month, and we'll be back on News for the Heart next week. See you then.
0: Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.